Welcome to the podcast for BraveTestimony.com. I have spent quite a bit of time over the years with this group, kind of doing my little bit of ranting now and again, all about our belief systems. And so I want to come back to that and just really uh, challenge you to do some work on that. Uh, because I he keep hearing it from various ones in the group. And um, if, there, if there's anything that I'm passionate about or anything that I think I can contribute to the group, it would be to challenge you guys on uh, really going after and dealing with the belief system that you've grown up with. Now, some of us are further along in it. Um, but my hope is that by challenging you, there will come like it'll be like you'll go through a, a doorway into another way of living. Uh, is my goal. A number of years ago now, I um, I was talking to a fellow up in Vernon actually, and he had a, a tattoo with a cross that said um, "Sola Gratia" on it, which is uh, Latin for "Grace Alone." And I just spent like five minutes talking to him about his tattoo. Got in my car and lost it. Because the reality of that message became so real to me all of a sudden. And it was like all of the years of striving and um, trying to be good enough and keep the commandments and do all what's right and all of that. And it just came to an end. And I was able to start to live in the reality of the grace of God in my life. Um, and it, yeah, it was just an amazing, I sat in the car and wept for half an hour straight. I could not get myself together. It was so good and so real. And you may not have that kind of experience, but uh, I really want to challenge you. My hope is that you'll, you'll do something of uh, some work with this so that things will shift in your own lives. Part of why I'm passionate about this is because um, I have had to fight my own battles with my belief system. Um, if I could summarize the things I learned as a child, it would be uh, my, my mother literally told me that we were nothing and we're nobodies and we don't deserve anything good. She literally said that to me. She taught me to be afraid of everything and everybody. And um, uh, to, if you can, become a chameleon. Blend in. No, let nobody see you. Don't make any problems. Just hide. And uh, I learned how to do that really well. So I've had my own battle to come out of this. And I think somewhere along the line, I feel like I've hit a place of success, not perfection, but of success. So I want to talk to you about really going after your own belief system. Um, and uh, I've, I've hear people say things like, uh, I really believe um, that there's something wrong with me. I hear guys talk about, I think I'm a failure. I think I'm not good enough. I'm not okay. I don't measure up. All those kinds of language things. Now, maybe you don't do that anymore. Maybe you've never done that, but most of us have. Um, and, and so I want to talk to you about dealing with that tape that plays over and over again when the stress is on. Um, and But for my language, I'm going to talk about not being okay. Uh, back in the 70s, there was a pop psychology book, I'm okay, you're okay. Well, I think a lot of us practice, I'm not okay and you're not okay. 
Um, and so I want to talk about, um, I want you to begin to hate that tape. Um, I laughed when uh, in our leadership thing, Graham was talking about, uh, he had this brilliant phrase about dysphoria. Um, it was uh, tolerant, indifferent, codependent dysphoria. That means that we tolerate what we've always believed. It leads us into codependency in our relationships. What else was it, Mark? Thank you. Um, the dysphoria. And dysphoria, that, the mental illness or the, de, the de, de deprivation of our brains and our minds to believe something that's not true. It's, that talks about the disconnect from who we really are and who we say we are. Those kinds of things. And those that creates all this angst and anxiety uh, in us and for us. So I really want you to hate that. So I'm going to talk about the negative effects of your belief system. Because if we embrace it, if we're, if we're um, sort of apathetic towards it, we just think, oh, that's the way it is. That's the way I am. It's going to cost you dearly. Um, so first of all, uh, that kind of thinking, uh, a stinking thinking, uh, gives you all kinds of negative emotions. Okay, so first consequence of negative thinking, like not being okay, is when you, you live in a world of negative emotion. It produces a life of anxiety and a life of shame. There is no good emotion comes out of thinking that way. And if you want to take charge of your mental health, you have to start to think about your intellectual health, your, your, the way you're thinking about yourself. If you're unhappy, sad, anxiety, stressed out, neurotic, then it's because you have a baseline thinking, a core belief about who you are that is a negative one, because I'm not okay somehow. So that's the first one, the negative. It's a life of shame. Uh, shame is about who I am and what I am. It's not conviction. It's not condemnation. It's not guilt. It's there's something horribly wrong with me, and I live in a world of shame. The second cost of that kind of belief is that you never enter into what God says about you. You will never become a godly man believing that kind of crap. If I keep holding on to I'm not okay, and God says this about me, there's going to be a great distance between those two things. So you'll never be a godly man with your life based on this load of crap. Don't forget, every one of those statements is a lie of the enemy. So you know the truth. The truth will set you free. If you're not walking in freedom, it's because you're building your life on a load of crap called a lie from the enemy. And in our fallen world, we tend to learn those things way before we learn who God says we are. That's true. Good word. Okay. Um, so if you want to be a godly person, you've got to conquer it. Uh, and I use the illustration, I've probably talked about this before, but during World War II, we knew who the enemy was, and we used every resource we had to kill the enemy. If you don't kill the enemy, he's going to kill you. So you take out all the things that you can possibly do to get rid of the lies of the enemy out of your life, because that's the tool he uses to kill you. And if he doesn't literally kill you, he will destroy your life with it. He'll make you miserable with it. Um, so in World War II, we used tanks and armies and air force and battleships and grenades and every tool we could find, every ammo we could find to get rid of the enemy. 
And if you don't fight it, he's going to win the battle. If you're not fighting, he's winning the battle. And That's if you're not word. fighting this, he's going to win the battle. And he'll keep you captive. Um, so you'll never enter into your true identity. And you'll never know who you really are. And I'd hate for you guys to live a life not knowing who you really are. I get quite emotional about that. So consequence three is you give the enemy a foothold for oppression. You empower the one you listen to and you empower the one you obey. Because you're in one camp or the other, 24-7. That's what you're doing. And if you're not dealing with this stuff, he's going to win. Fourth uh, consequence is those kind of beliefs, like I'm not okay, keeps you from authentic self-love. Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you don't love yourself, you can't love your neighbor. So it's okay to love yourself, to value yourself, to honor yourself. Not to be proud but to be self-honoring and self-respecting. Right? So you'll, you cannot do that if you're going to build a life based on false lies. And, and believe me, the enemy wants to torture you with those lies. These are not good for you. Um, so, okay, so if you cannot love yourself, there's no way you can love somebody else which means you can't authentically live wholeheartedly love your wife. Ow. I'll come back to that in a bit. So if your marriage isn't going well, it might be because if you don't love yourself, you're not going to love her either. Number five, your belief system is primarily a judgment which exists between your ears. You got to realize that what you believe is not real out in the world. It is not sub, it is only subjective. It's not scientifically proven. It is not something like a desk that I can hit. It's only an idea between your ears. And so it's changeable and it doesn't make it empirically true, although it might feel like it's personally true. So it's a belief system and belief system, sorry, belief system is an idea in this case, which is primarily a judgment. And as soon as I judge something, I'm going to punish that thing. I'll punish it by leaving it behind, by giving it the cold shoulder, by torturing it somehow, by being miserable to it, by ignoring it, uh, either passively or aggressively. I will punish the thing that I judge. I'll punish it with anger. I'll punish it with uh, never letting it take a rest. I will punish it by always striving, always having to do better. I will punish, punish, punish. And the problem is that once the judgment is in, there is no more opportunity, no more opportunity to provide any further evidence. Think of it. When you go to court, the only reason you go to court take somebody to court is to get a guilty verdict. So you present the evidence, the jury comes out, comes back, presents their verdict, and the verdict is guilty. The only reason you want to get a guilty verdict is to inflict punishment, to make the person pay. And once the verdict is in, the only thing that's left is punishment. It doesn't matter how nice the person becomes, what they do, what happens, 
how what they do that's not like whatever got them into court in the first place, they're still under punishment because the verdict's already in. And if you have a judgment against yourself, you can strive till your dying day and you're never going to get out of the punishment because you've not renounced the judgment about who you are. That's okay? a good, good, good word. Okay, thank you. I'm glad it's a good, good, good word. But you will be, you will be under condemnation and judgment for the rest, under punishment for the rest of your life. Um, and, and there's never any way to prove yourself innocent once you've been found guilty. So the only thing left is punishment and it's a life sentence until you renounce the judgment. Um, number six, the next personal cost is it guarantees personal and relational failure. Your belief about yourself guarantees a limit to your success and to your happiness. Uh, years ago, somebody, uh, one of the universities did a study and they asked a group of people uh, two questions. First question was, did you ever make more money than you thought you were really worth? And the second question was, if your answer was yes, tell us what happened. And 100% of the people who said, yeah, I had a job that where I made more money than I'm worth, 100% of them got themselves fired. Because you set your own limit. And the worse your judgment about you, the more punishment you have, the lower your ceiling of, of what you're going to do and how successful you're going to be. Think of it this way. If I have a, I'm an okay belief, and this is ground zero, I can accomplish stuff and feel good about myself. But if I start below ground zero, anything I do barely gets me up to neutral. So if I think I'm just nothing and nobody and I don't deserve any good, it's going to take me a long time to get up to zero, let alone to start to feel good about myself. Next consequence is number seven, everything becomes a test, period. Everything becomes a test. Uh, it's not a joyful uh, opportunity to experience something good. It is a fearful exam that creates constant striving in your life. It means it's not fun. It's always a test of who I am and if I'm good enough or if I'm a failure or if I'm all right or if I'm loved or whatever. Every, every exchange becomes a test of who you are. I grew up being, believing that I was stupid. <laughs> Thank you for shaking your head, Graham. I appreciate that. Um, and at the same time, my parents told me, get a good education, get a good education. But I'm stupid. So I grind, grind my teeth, worked really hard. Got, I was the first one in any generation in my family lineage to get a bachelor's degree. And then I went out and got a master's degree. And then I went out and got another master's degree. And when I got another master's degree, my father said, why are you doing that? You've got too much education already. 
But maybe if I got a PhD, I'd be okay. There's still hope. I'm only 66. I could still go back to school and prove something. See how it just creates striving that it's never, ever enough. There's always a test of who you are, what you are, and success only lasts till the next challenge. And if you think you're only okay if you can fix your wife's problem, you're only okay till there's a new problem. And then it's another opportunity to prove that you're not okay again. Eight was, uh, it sets you up to fail. Your belief system can set you up oh. to fail. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So if you think about the kind of tapes that you play, the things that you say to yourself, what's that say about how you're going to be? I've heard you guys say things like, I'm afraid of being a failure. Well, if I'm a failure, what, what are you going to be? If an al alcoholic drinks and a smoker smokes, what does a failure do? If you're not good enough, what do you do? You do something that's not good enough. Because that's who we are. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So it sets you up to fail. Then number nine is it keeps you from loving your partner. It m might look like you're caring about her. It might like look like you're trying to rescue her. But really, you're just trying to cover your butt. If I can make her okay, then I'll be okay. So then I'm not really loving her. I'm just serving myself by keeping it a secret that I'm not okay. So if I'm not okay until I make you okay, how can I ever be okay? Because you're never okay. So if I can't make you okay, because I'm not okay, how can I make you okay? That means, therefore, that I'm going to fail you. And when I fail you, I'll know that I'm a failure. And then the next cost of uh, negative belief system is that proving okayness demands that you become overly responsible in relationships. And it guarantees a codependency in your relationship. In a codependent relationship, it says, I can't be okay until I make you okay. So let me switch tracks a bit and go, so what do we do? I think you make, make the belief system the enemy of your life. And you try and kill it before it kills you. So I've got some practical steps in doing that. Six things, okay? Uh, one, uh, name your own belief system in your own language. I can talk about being okay or not okay. Um, that's my language. I don't know what your language is, but hunt it down. What is it you say in your heart of hearts when the chips are down and life is ugly and you're struggling with something, what's the language you use against yourself? Number one. Uh, two, uh, pay attention and list what do you feel, what do you say, and what do you do because of your belief? What do you say, what do you do, what do you feel because of your belief? 
so I grew up being very, very shy. I wouldn't say anything. I was always hiding. I'd always go along with what everybody else wanted, even if I didn't want to do that. Those were the ways I lived out my own belief system. Is that clear enough for everybody? Okay. Uh, number two. Oh, I'm sorry. Number three. Uh, we need to renounce the false belief and start to name the truth which sets you free. Um, we need to repent for our unbelief. Ask the Holy Spirit to lead you into the truth um, and allow no room for the voices in your head. You might have to do a get thee behind me, Satan kind of moment. But I've had to repent of believing that I'm a nobody. That's not who Jesus says I am. So I've had to repent of that. Come before the Lord and say, God, I have believed this instead of believing you. I repent of that. I choose to embrace the truth that I am loved by you, that I'm created by you, that I'm made in your image, that I have value, that you love me. So I need to let go of the one thing and start to embrace the other thing. It's kind of like you can't, uh, I think I've used the illustration before of a tug of war. So you can't stop pulling on one thing until you let it go and start to embrace something else. Either that or your life is always a tug of war. Sorry, that wasn't very clear. I hear that. Um, number four, start to develop new language, new behaviors that go along with who God says you are. So for me, I had to learn how to start to speak up. I had to learn how to have my own, make my own decisions for myself, not just go along with everybody else. That's one example. Number five, start to set better boundaries. Um, in your relationships, start to communicate both love and care, but also set responsibilities and say, um, I mean, I love you, but I'm not going to take responsibility for you. And then number six, um, so sometimes your partner needs to learn how to fix yourself rather than you fix it for her. Because if, if you don't, you're the one who's going to have to be responsible for everything. And you'll always be the bad guy because you haven't made it right fast enough or soon enough or again. And so it just reinforces the failure thing. And then number six, I think you need to start to practice self-compassion. So my little illustration around that or my homework assignment around that is to get you to imagine a little boy, maybe a son or a nephew or somebody you love, and just think about yelling at him the things that you say about yourself in your own mind. Uh, to say the things or do the things that would make you feel the way you feel in your worst moments. Um, to be able to lay down all the demands that the belief demands out of you. How would you do that to this little kid? Um, if you can begin to have compassion on this little kid and not say and do those things to him, maybe you wouldn't say and do those things to you. You need to practice self-compassion. <laughs> 